What's going on coaches? Coach Lane here bringing you the last part of our strength and conditioning series. Very excited to be bringing you this podcast to be talking about something that isn't always talked about within sports and that's rest and recovery. Um, Because I know as a coach and coach myself, we are always thinking on Man, we got to have this in. We got to have this in by this time. And we always try to go, 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 right? We want to do the best for our athletes so we can feel prepared to perform and compete. But I learned over the years that actually less is more. I started thinking about this idea of conditioning and practicing and the importance of it. Because here's the one thing I know is I remember when coaches used to really get after it and really get their athletes to go i've been in some programs like that so then they're frustrated with their athletes when they're not performing on game day and so as coaches you got to ask yourself what's really important you know i I think practice is important but you need your athletes to perform on game day so rest and recovery is a huge critical part we have the cns our our central nervous system you got to think of that like a computer and it can only take so much and with the COVID and so many other things going on, there's so many stressors coming at the athletes, coming at you, that that CNS can be overloaded and fried and burned out. So rest and recovery is a very important thing that we must have. And I know this podcast talks about that and gives you ideas. I did a podcast talking about that for coaches that we got to start taking care of ourselves, our CNS, our stressors, so we can be the best for our families, and for our athletes in our program. So this podcast, again, is brought to you by Aaron Siegman. He's gonna give you great content, great knowledge, and we are excited to be bringing that to you. Also, go to coachesminds.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You will get great information about the strength and conditioning, give you some workouts, give you some other information, some other knowledge that will help you develop your program and help develop you. Again, go to coachesmind.com, join our team, subscribe to our newsletter, and we give you great information and great content to help you be your best because that's what we're trying to do so you can develop an elite program. So sit back, relax, take notes, and enjoy this podcast. So today, uh, or this 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 talk, we're going to go over recovery methods. Um, as as we all know, I mean, we we demand and expect a lot from our players and our athletes on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. But if we're not providing them with the tools to recover and prepare themselves for the next performance the next competition in the next training session we're just setting them up for failure down the road you know might not happen right away but it could be progressive over time they you know are overtraining or they're they're not recovering well and they leads to injuries or just just something that could really set them back and and hurt them and their career and your in your team so we'll get into some recovery main main recovery methods um that i like to use that are really simple and easy to use and uh that you can start putting into your 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 team's trainings and your programs so um obviously what is recovery um it's it's used to reduce fatigue increase performance um really focus on decreasing injuries increasing energy levels and focus um help break plateaus if your athletes are stuck in plateaus um so some common ways we'll get into these areas right here, but that second bullet point is going to be more like active recovery stuff, stretching, um, 
self-myofascial release, foam rolling, nutrition, sleep, the, the biggest one of them all, um, massage. Um, recovery has been one of those things that's been growing in science and research over the last uh, five, 10 years. Um, so there's constantly new studies and research out on the, the effects and the benefits of um, recovery in relation to performance. Um, so that, that that's it just keeps it always just touches on, you know, hey, your athletes are, you know, fatigued, you're run down, you know, increases of injury goes up, performance decreases, delayed reaction time, uh, all that stuff. So they just, you know, the biggest thing is like when you start noticing that in your athletes before it gets, you know, worse, it's the time for you to get some, you know, recovery in there, whether rest days, uh, active recovery workouts stretching formula or something that you can do to help prepare and prep that body to recover and, you know, be ready for the next training session or competition. Um, and obviously all these, you know, things we're going to talk about today, um, are, are very useful, but you just gotta, you know, you want to present them all to your athletes and let them pick and choose kind of menu style. I guess you could say, um, different strategies and techniques that work for them because not everything's going to work for everybody. Um, so, you know, what, what athlete might like foam rolling, one athlete might like stretching, one athlete might like foam rolling and stretching, you know, massages, all that stuff to, you know, teach their own, as they always say. So you just got to let your athlete experiment and figure out what's going to help them benefit um, their recovery process. So first one we're going to get into is active recovery. Um, you, you probably hear these, you know, this word thrown around a lot, um, but it's it's a way to help your body um, slowly release the built up lactic acid that accumulates from the workout. So uh, an example would be, you know, you're going, if you're, you know, if you're a runner, you're going on a, you know, two mile run and you're really pushing your, your tempo, you're pushing your pace. And instead of just stopping after you hit your goal of two miles and saying, all right, well, now I got to shower and get to work. You know, it's like, okay, Hey, I'm going to run for an extra half mile or, you know, whatever distance you, you want and just lower the pace and, and lower the intensity. So it kind of gives your body a chance to cool down essentially, um, lowers the heart rate, you know, helps your body recover from the, from the, from the run or from the exercise. Um, you know, if you are a training session, let's say for instance, you're, you know, you're lifting, um, and you know, after the lift is over, you know, maybe you do some bike cycling or you, you know, elliptical or, you know, something to help lower that, that heart rate and, and bring your body temperature down. Um, and it's, it's also good, you know, as it says in here to help promote blood flow to your joints, muscles, reducing inflammation. Um, it also can help improve uh, endurance, which is n never a bad thing for athletes, um, just to help keep their heart at a steady state. Some other forms of active recovery, yoga, meditation, like I, like I mentioned, cycling, um, going on a slow, slow run, um, you know, even like uh, a light lift is, is not terrible. You know, you want to keep lifting wise volume down, intensity down, kind of just one of those work on technique, work on mobility stuff, but not really pushing yourself. Um, yoga and meditation are obviously probably the biggest ones um, just because it can help you know, put your body through full ranges of motion, help you center, um, help lower your, your excitement levels and help you find your, your natural recovery put and, and just focus basically and get you ready to go. So 
active recovery is a great way to prepare and prep from the previous competition. Um, some active recovery I personally like doing, um, very beneficial is, is pool or water. Um, I like putting athletes in pools post competition, um, just to help get them weightless, but also they can still perform activities and exercises without putting that added stress on their bodies. So, um, example would be, you know, after a football game, uh, we would take our football team and put them in a pool for 30 minutes and make them do a nice dynamic warm up, just you know, skipping and running and lunging. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, just taking them through, you know, ranges of motion that, you know, can help them once again, minimize that stiffness, get the lactic acid out, but not cause any more added stress to their body um, by running and jumping and pounding on their joints. So if you have a pool available, number one thing you could do is, is a pool workout. Uh, otherwise, yoga is always a great choice. Going forward, we get into that stretching, the self-myofascial release and foam rolling. This hopefully isn't new to a lot of you. Um, maybe the, the myofascial release is, but um, stretching, you know, obviously you want to stretch pre and post workout. There have been good studies that show, you know, pre workout stretching is more of a dynamic stretching, you know, like your, your lunges, uh, your knee, your knee hugs, your toe touches, your, you know, single leg walking RDLs, stuff to keep the body moving and promote you know, good ranges of motion. And then after the workout is obviously when you want to use your band stretches or, you know, your partner stretches, seated stretches, all that stuff. Um, just make an effort. Like that last point says, make an effort. Um, I know I can do better personally and I know I can do better with my athletes of, you know, making sure we build in time for them to have some post-workout, post-competition stretching, because that's when your body needs it and will benefit the most after it has trained or been through a competition. Um, and then the self-myofascial release might be a little bit new. Um, you know, as, as of, you know, your muscles are covered, covered in fascia and when it's tight and, and tough, you, you know, you you restrict your movement, um, restrict form. That's when injuries occur. So by, by self, you know, rolling and, and trigger point release and, all that stuff, you allow the muscles to move more fluidly, help them move smoothly, increase the range of motion, you know, really prevent your body from being tight and stiff in different areas. Uh, so some of the things that I like to do, uh, obviously down at the bottom is a lacrosse ball, one of the most underrated and probably the cheapest, one of the cheapest things you can do for that is to just take a lacrosse ball and you can use that to roll out on any issue, any issues, or any, any areas that are causing issues, um, low back glutes, um, it band is always a good one. Achilles tendon, ankles, shoulders, uh, upper back, low back even. Um, so that's, you know, you can lose a lacrosse ball is huge for my fascia release just cause it's a denser, harder object. It can really penetrate deeper into that muscle tissue. Um, the next two pictures right there are foam rollers. We've all seen a foam roller before. Obviously, the the you know this one here, it's got you know different textures and structures on it that just promote different di different depths of of you know I don't know, I guess I'm trying to find a good word here, but di different areas or different ways to penetrate that muscle tissue to to help release that tension and help you know break up some of that tightness. The other one is just a, is a plain foam roller that you can buy. I always suggest buying one of the denser kind of foam rollers. 
Um, if, you, if you've ever bought one before, you know, there's some pretty soft, flimsy ones, and then there's some pretty dense, uh, tougher foam rollers. I always like to get the tougher ones. They, they seem to last a lot, a lot longer. Um, and they also just provide a better, um, provide better ro- rolling and, and self and myofascial release. And then uh, the last one right there is the Theragun. Um, it was one of the newer things out that have come out lately. Um, there's a bunch of different types, but you know, like a massage gun that you can hold and you can use to trigger different areas, different, you know, muscles, different joints and tendons that way. Some other ones that are on here are, uh, like scraping, I don't know if some of you've heard scraping or cupping, um, both of those are great um, alternatives um, that if available, you know, feel free to use those too to help, you know, promote that recovery. Um, another one would be icing. You might not think it, but, you know, just icing will help, you know, or heating, um, depending on what you have going on. Ice and heat are great ways to heating, you know, to relax the muscle tissue to help it stretch better. If you want to use like a Theragun or get scraped or foam roll or something, heating before is a good way to help relax that. And then, you know, ice, if you have some aching pains, you know, knee joint stuff, like to help, you know, prevent inflammation so you can get to that foam rolling or stretching without causing added pain. A huge one here, probably the most, uh, unutilized i guess i would say form of recovery is nutrition um everyone thinks they eat really well or everyone thinks they have a good diet plan um it's just until you actually sit down and think and look at what you have you know how how does it compare so that's just right here we got an image you know from harvard medical school who does a lot of great research out there on all topics um just kind of how you want a healthy, uh, how you want your plate to look when you're eating, um, you know, your grains, your protein, your fruits and veggies, obviously drinking water, using healthy fats, avoiding sugars, but kind of simple way to break it down is three R's of recovery and the three R's are refuel, rebuild and rehydrate. Um, refuel would be refueling the body after you work out, which would mean in, in, in carbohydrates, electrolytes, obviously rehydrate with water, but making sure that you refuel everything that you lost during that workout competition, training session, whatever it may be. Um, carbs provide the body with energy. They're the, they're the fuel source, um, per se for the body, you know, like your car runs on gas, your body runs on carbs. Um, yes, you can make your body run on fats. You know, if you get into the keto stuff, that's a whole nother topic. Um, and it takes a little bit longer for your body to, to adapt and, and train for the keto- ketosis. But for the most part, when you're competing or training, your body's going to use the carbs that it has for energy. So you need to make sure that you're replenishing those carbs to prevent you know, dehydration, especially with water. But to prevent muscle breakdown, if you're not having those carbs, uh, replenish those energy stores. So a good three to one carb ratio protein to carb rate carb to protein ratio sorry um is what is recommended so you know you want to take three times more carbs in post-workout than you do protein um just help refuel and replenish and then rebuilding that's obviously gets into your protein and amino acids and um building up the muscle you know after you uh, train or compete replenishing the, the proteins and amino acids, which are huge for muscle repair, which will help prevent some of that soreness that you might feel um, 
the, the delayed onset muscle soreness um, that everyone, oh man, I'm so sore. That's what, what happens is your muscles are just breaking down and the protein needs to be in there to repair it. Um, another good idea is to take protein um, before bed, because as you know, when you're sleeping, your body's still burning energy or burning calories. It still needs energy. So um, if you can give your body a good slow releasing source of protein over the night, it'll help with that recovery while you sleep. So you get double bang for your buck, you're sleeping and you have your protein to help repair. So you'll wake up feeling hundred times better um, in the morning. And then the rehydrate, like we said, water, 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 water. You can't, can't say enough about water prevents cramps, dehydration, fatigue. Um, the big, one other big thing is because you know, you want to refuel and rebuild, right? Carbs, proteins, you got to re you got to have the, the fluids in there to help, um, transport the, the nutrients through the body. You know, if you're not drinking your water to help facilitate digestion, you're just taking all this stuff in and it's not going anywhere. So the biggest thing with the water is to help drive those nutrients into the muscle tissue to actually promote that recovery. Um, and, and make sure you're getting your, your proper nutrients at the same time. So nutrition is huge. Um, it's one of those topics that we could elaborate on and really dive into, but these are the three main points that I've tried to, you know, use myself, keeping it simple because, you know, when the more complex things, the things are, you know, you tend to lose athletes or you tend to lose clients or, or whatever it may be. So you want to keep it simple so that it's easy to grasp and understand. And, you know, you understand carbs, proteins, and, and water. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff so that those are real easy to promote to your, your athletes and help them at least get on the right track to recovery. Um, then obviously the most important one for all of us is sleep. Um, it's the most important aspect and over the most and often the most overlooked. Um, one of the biggest reasons sleep is so beneficial is obviously for the, for the release of your human growth hormone or your HGH, which we've all heard of before, right? That's, that's, what's going to provide the biggest recovery and the, the growth and, and the adaptations that your body needs to make is going to be from, you know, getting that human growth hormone. Um, so this, this picture over here is just, you know, eight or sorry, nine simple things that, you know, athletes can can do to help promote better sleep and better recovery. Um, pretty easy. We've all seen something like this before. I mean, quick Google search will show you everything you need to know about sleep. But um, the biggest thing is nowadays with, with athletes and everybody is, is cell phones and game gaming and, and all that stuff. So we stay up late or, you know, we're on our phones late and then you can't fall asleep. So then you get into that sleep deprivation or, you know, lack of sleep. And it just, it just, it sets you on a, on a path for, for bad stuff. You know, bad things happen when you're not sleeping. Um, the best, the best recovery, the best way to prepare yourself for a game training session competition is to sleep. I mean, get plenty of it because we're, and all of us that have kids, I know, uh, work in full-time jobs. Sleep is a, is a hot commodity in my house. Uh, we don't get a lot of it, you know, having kids, but you got to make sure that you that you take advantage of every hour that you can get. Um, also, little tidbit, little fun fact is, you know, if you do, after you work out, you know, if you can nap after you eat and hydrate, of course, you get a 20 to 30 minute nap in, it actually um, is when you can get the the most 
release of HGH, which will really help with your recovery and your, you know, increasing of your, your training session. So I always try to tell my athletes as much as they're like, yeah, sleep, sweet coach said sleep. Like taking a nap after you work out is one of the best things you can do to help your body recover from that workout and also set you up for the rest of the day. Especially if you had to get up early, um, if you have an early training session, um, getting up early will help, you know, make you tired. Obviously training makes you tired. So if you're a little groggy, you want to take a nap before the rest of the day, that'll help you know, keep you focused and energized, but sleep, sleep as much as you can take naps. Um, you know, you just want to avoid napping before bedtime. Cause that'll put you back in this bad circle of not sleeping enough or being limited hours of sleep. So make sure you take full advantage of your sleep and, uh, nap when possible. Yeah. You have permission nap away. Uh, so here you go. Application as a coach, what can you do? Um, I found this little improvement circle, you know, you pretty easy. You plan your recovery sessions or your recovery treatments, what you want to do, you implement it. Um, you evaluate how well it's working, talking to your players, talking to other coaches, talking to your training staff, um, and then always make improvements and see what you can do better or where you can, uh, change things up, um, just to, and then continue that circle. You know, after you make those changes, plan it and implement it and, and go from there. But as a coach, you want to make sure that you're providing um, recovery sessions, you know, throughout your competitive season and off season, um, give them, give your athletes a chance to, to rest. And I, I always joke you know, with my athletes, like our smallest muscles, our rest muscle, but it should be our, you know, should be the, the priority of, of, of everybody's is rest. So as a coach, don't be afraid of the word rest. I mean, everyone thinks rest. Oh, I'm not getting anything done if we're resting, but sometimes you need to rest in order to get things done. Um, you know, providing your athletes with foam rollers, stretch bands, um, lacrosse balls, you know, simple stuff like that, that you can give them post-training session, post-competition, post-practice that they can do to start that act and start that recovery process will only benefit them. I'm encouraging them to get sleep. I mean, you can even create questionnaires and have them record how much sleep they got. So you can just kind of get a general idea, their quality of sleep, how they're feeling pretty easy, easy Google work uh, sheet to fill out and you can send it out to your athletes. Um, nutrition, you can give them some very basic nutrition guidelines or tips to help them, you know, make their nutrition better, obviously, which will help with that recovery. Um, and then active recovery is one of those things you can, you can build into your, you know, team training yearly plan, you know, maybe give them an extra recovery day or give them some active, active recovery after a practice, uh, after a game, like I said, if you're able to have a pool, access to a pool, get them in a pool, um, just everything you can do to help promote that recovery piece of the puzzle will only benefit your athletes and your teams. And just remember, um, you know, we have a hard time in the coaching profession of less is more. Uh, you know, we always want to go, 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 get as much as we can done. We're on a limited clock. You know, everything's always got to be done and structured and ready to go. And, and I, I just use the metaphor, don't burn the steak. Uh, if you think about it, if you, if you cook a steak too long, you can't uncook it, right? And, and burnt, it's pretty hard to eat. So if you, you know, undercook your steak, you can always add more. You can always put it back on the grill um, to, to get it where you want. But once it's overdone and, and, burnt you can't undo it so don't do too much now 
and then think you can get it back in the, in the long run. Um, the more you do up front is just going to be what's going to set your athletes up for injury or um, disaster down, down the road. So hopefully you guys got some good information out of that. Um, feel free to reach out with questions. Uh, I know recovery is a big topic, a hot topic, I guess, for a lot of coaches and athletes. And just make sure you're encouraging it and, and pushing your athletes to do it as much as possible. And don't be afraid of rest. All right.